she was in coven i was like oh my god and then like when fleetwood mac had that whole resurgence on tiktok yes. i was like oh it's my you, time yeah. <laughs> my people right <laughs> hello everybody hey guys welcome back this is the south side of wakanda podcast what's up i am mary poppins y'all <laughs> what's up mary <laughs> <laughs> my name is taser face <laughs> oh my god so i know you don't watch this is us but the actor who uh, does Taserface is the um, one of the the husbands from that show. Really? Yeah. And he obviously looks just completely different. Completely huh? different. I was like, wow, that was him. But anyway, this is our Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, and we're two best friends, and we discuss MCU movies, TV shows, new releases, and everything Marvel related. Yeah. If you're not a comic book nerd, that's okay because we aren't either. <laughs> <laughs> We just watched the movies and discussed them. Today, we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yes, I actually thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I did too. I like these movies. Mm -hmm. They're fun. They're very fun and colorful, and I think that's, that's what keeps my attention. <laughs> Cat, I need to have something shiny in my face for me to concentrate. Man. And the more like I think about this and watch TikToks, I'm pretty sure I have undiagnosed ADHD. ADHD. Mm -hmm. Real bad. No, same. And it's, it's terrible. And I feel like I've been like this for so long, but I don't want to go to the like, doctor about my it. Whole fam like, my family really thought that I had ADD when I was like growing up. But it's like sometimes I can sit and just like power through something. Like yeah. I'm hyper focused on something. And then sometimes I'm like, I can't. I can focus on something if I'm like extremely interested in it or if I have a lot of distractions. Like if I'm eating and listening to a podcast or mm -hmm. music, then I can work. Yeah, I have to work with music on. Yeah. There's no other way. What's wrong with it? Pray for us millennials. <laughs> I know, for real. We, we, we really are struggling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about some MCU news. Yes. I feel like it was kind of a slow week. I don't know if it was... For, like, there to be a new release, yeah. like, a new movie, it really wasn't a lot happening. Maybe they're saving all the tea for after this weekend. Maybe. I hope so, because I was like, oh. I did find a couple things, though. Hopefully we have some more tea for y'all next week. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home came out. Well, the trailer came out, and everybody was, like, speculating that Charlie Cox from the Netflix Daredevil series was gonna be in the movie and you know that one part in the trailer where spider-man is like talking to his lawyer and their daredevil he is a lawyer so mm -hmm. they were like oh my god that's him this week he was like nah fam that oh. ain't me <laughs> just killing people's hopes and dreams definitely he was like he's like the only part like not saying that he's the only person but 
that I know of that's actually come out and be like, I am not in that movie. Yeah. Nobody else, all these rumors are circulating about who's in the movie, who's not in the movie, and no one, <laughs> none of the actors besides him has been like, nah. You want to know what it probably was? Mm-hmm. He was tired of his mentions being in shambles. Um. <laughs> I mean, because think about it. He probably woke up after that trailer. It was like trending. <laughs> He's like, what did I do? Five hundred mentions. Like, and he, he, can't, he, ha- he can't even get to, like, his friend's mentions. Man. And, like, when they tagging him in memes and shit. He's exactly. like, God damn. And I would be mad about that, too. Y'all No, because actually, yo, like, whole time that's happened to you before. Oh, yeah. Because Britney, y'all, has gone viral on TikTok a couple of times. Mm. And I'll be tagging her in, me- in, like, TikToks and stuff. She's like, I can't even see <laughs> so many notifications <laughs> prince has done the same thing because he'll be like i tagged you in it and then he'll look at my phone he'll be like why do you have 200 notifications no seriously yeah that's the joys of being a content creator they love a girl on tiktok <laughs> go follow her uh, right <laughs> um so the russo brothers have been like in the news they might direct another mcu project but they are Concerned about the stuff that happened with Scarlett Johansson. I did kind of see that. And I'm like irritated because I feel like people, like news sources are clickbaiting and like trying to make it seem like she's the issue when she's not. She's not. Yeah. They don't, they're hesitant to get into another contract with Marvel because they, like a lot of directors and stuff, want their shit to be either released in theaters or they want to be paid for the streams. Right. So I think that. They're, they they are siding with Scarlett, and they're just trying to figure out, like, how, you know, shit is going to go, basically. But they've expressed interest in doing Secret Wars, which is another, like, big ensemble movie. Mm-hmm. I, I forget, like, exactly, but I think the premise is, like, a, the, the superheroes, like, fight in, like, a battle world for some reason. I don't know. Um, okay. I mean, if anybody can pull it off, it's them. Yeah, exactly. I was. That's what I was like. I was thinking about it. And I'm like, I'll allow it. Right. <laughs> like, I know. Like, it doesn't sound like super amazing, just like on paper, but because my main thing is why? Why are we fighting? Yeah, but we did Civil War already. Yeah, I don't know. Um, they also said they want to do Wolverine, which I think that would be cool. Mm-hmm. The X Men, Thunderbolts, or like other shit yeah but those were the ones that they mentioned so i mean hopefully that happens they they got four hitters under their belt they did civil war uh winter soldier infinity war and And endgame Endgame. like the best ones yeah the Russo brothers would, and James Gunn and Taika Waititi like could take us to the fucking moon yeah i was just (laughs) i'm like that those are pretty much like unanimously the best ones I think those are, like, the highest grossing ones, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hopefully they, you know, get the shit together and come back. Um, then we forgot to mention that Scarlett Johansson is pregnant. My baby's yeah. having a baby. By her husband, Colin Jost. And I did not know that that was her man. Who is that? The guy from, uh, he does the weekend updates on Saturday Night Live with uh, Michael Che. The white one. <laughs> it's the one with the skinny face? I think so. He looks like a to- total nerd. He looks like a like but, Seth MacFarlane. No, not no. not um Seth. Uh, the fuck is his name? I love him. It's not not the is one. Is it Seth MacFarlane? No, that's Family Guy. And no. Seth Green is the the redhead. 
No, I'm not talking about either one of those people. I know. You, I know who you're talking about. I th- Seth I'm, Myers. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's who I'm talking about. So, Colin Jost, he's new on there, but this is what he looks like. Oh. Yeah. So. He has beautiful eyes. Go ahead, ScarJo. Get in where you fit in, girl. Didn't I know that they was married, but that's cute. And um, I didn't know she was married at all. Me either. That's, that, y'all, that's how you got to do it. Yes. Fly under the radar, pop up Mary, Mind pop up with business. a baby. That's going to be me. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to just come back two years, and in two years, I'm going to have a whole family. Mm-hmm. That's how everybody should do it, to be honest. Like, yeah. I like not knowing people's celebrities' business mm-hmm. or opinions about things. I know, exactly. <laughs> be be seen and not heard. Right. Because <laughs> I be liking people, and I just be praying that That's my faves. I just pray and pray and pray that my faves never like come mm-hmm. out and like if John Mulaney came out and said was saying some crazy stuff, I'd be like, Who's Who do we left? Have? Right? Can we not have anything? Can we have? Can we stuff? not have nice things? Oh my god. <laughs> Um, and then the, the last bit of news I got is that it's also something that we forgot to mention in August. I think this was before like we started doing news, but Anthony Mackie finalized his deal to do Captain America 4. I did see that, too. Yes, so that shit is moving moving right along. Girl, that shirt that I got you. Okay, so y'all, I went to the mall this one time, and I love graphic tees. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for, like, Marvel tees, and I saw, like, the Captain America one, but it had the Falcon wings on it. And I was like, oh, that's dope. Didn't unfold the shirt. I got one for me, one for Brittany. And I was like, I bought it, whatever. I was about to put this shirt on. It's a big-ass picture of Anthony Mackie on the back. It is? Yes. That makes me even more excited in for it. In full uniform, like, yes. in full Captain America uniform. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> He's huge. Like, it, like, takes up the whole back of the shirt. Got to put a picture of it on our story so y'all yes, can see it. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So, the icebreaker is on me this week. Actually, oh, wait. We do have an email from Prince. And... Yo, husband. Mm-hmm. This is in reference to last week we were talking about... Um, Whether or not um, the origin story movies mm-hmm. do better or worse. Yeah, yeah. And he said, all new IP movies do worse. That's why studios would rather use and reuse the same characters than introduce new ones. And that is a very valid point, especially since, like, we see how they did Mm Shang-Chi. Like, I feel like they barely wanted to release that shit. But it was all good. It was so good. It was so good. (laughs) And I hope, like, I don't really, because they never said, like, how well it needs to do. Mm -hmm. But I hope it, like... like overpasses that like by a lot because it was so good I really enjoy it like well we're gonna do a whole nother bonus episode about it yes but as far as origin stories go that one was top tier in my opinion probably one of the best ones yeah I have if lots not, of opinions yeah <laughs> okay yeah we'll save our our thoughts for the separate episode yeah <laughs> um okay so icebreaker so, the Guardians of the Galaxy is what we're talking about today, and they are a found family, and there's been, like, a debate about the Avengers. So, the Avengers, everybody is saying, like, that's not a found family. They are co-workers. Yeah. But the Guardians, they're definitely a found family. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got through watching uh, Doom Patrol. That's a DC uh, property. They're a found family. And found families are fun. So, 
I wanted to ask Shani what her found family would be. And the criteria for this is very, very loose and vague. <laughs> like, I like it. It can be characters from TV shows, celebrities, MCU people, real people. But just, like, who would be in your found family that you like? So, do you have your answers? I do. I'm still making answers right now because I just thought of something. Okay, I'm going to briefly go over mine. Okay. So... Of course, Beyonce would be in my found family. I could not have one without her. Um, <laughs> of course, Shani would be in my found family. Obviously. I mean, Obvi. I'm not really a found family. Like, I am family. Right. I am the family. Period. She's the final <laughs> boss of the found family. Period. No, you are the final boss <laughs> in my found family. I'm telling my business. <laughs> <laughs> So I would also have Sam and Dean Winchester mm-hmm. from Supernatural. They got to be there. I feel like with them, we can handle whatever is, go- is coming at us. Um, Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. he, he would be the father figure in the found family. Um, Ari Lennox would definitely yes. be there. And our enemy would be capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the villain. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't come up with a villain. I just my villain <laughs> is freaking Jeff Bezos. Period. <laughs> Every time I order something from Amazon, I be ha- I have an attitude. I try Every, not to. That's honestly. how I feel about going to Walmart. Yes. I just be like, why am I here? I, I try to minimize. Minimalize. Minimalize. Did I? Did we both say it wrong or did we both say it right? Minimalize. Minimal. I try to reduce. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> We're drinking mimosas. I've had one sip. And I'm also kind of not firing on all my brains. It's going to be a fun episode. Yeah. I can't think, can't talk. Right. (laughs) My brain is fried. What I was trying to say is I try to reduce the amount of times I patronize Amazon and Walmart because they are all super villains and I'm not with that shit. And we hate them. And they're ugly. Uh Okay. So obviously you are my sister. But I added some sisters. Okay. Zendaya and Marseille Martin. Oh, yeah. Those are my sisters. Denzel Washington is my daddy. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Viola Davis is my mama. (laughs) Oh, fierce. I know. That's a tough household to grow up in. Oh, yeah. Yaya Abdul Mateen would be my husband. (laughs) (laughs) And then Tony Stark would be my rich uncle. Okay. Okay. And then uh, my male besties would be uh, Christopher Jamal Evans, yep. Sebastian Stan, and Anthony Mackie. Oh, yeah, the trifecta. <laughs> I just want to be in the same room as them. Yeah. Okay, that was cute. All right, let's move on to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So, Volume 2 came out in 2017, and it had a worldwide gross of 863.8 million bucks. It got a 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, which was lower than the first one. The first one actually got a 92%. Um, James Gunn returns to direct. He is also going to direct the third installment, which is supposed to be released in 2023, which seems like a million fucking years away. Especially since this one came out in 2017. Exactly. That's a long time. It's a really long time. I mean, it's the same thing with, like, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Like, y'all was really (laughs) taking y'all sweet-ass time. Period. Um, so it seems like the whole cast is going to come back for that movie, even though like, you know, James Gunn was fired and then he was rehired by Disney and Marvel after those tweets 
that came out? Do you, do you know about this? Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to just sum it up. He had some tweets when he was joking about rape, pedophilia, the Holocaust, <laughs> and 9-11. Oh. <laughs> like, literally all of the things you're not supposed to joke yeah, about. Yeah. Joking about, like, touching little boys and little boys touching him. It was some weird-ass shit. And some Louis C.K. shit. <laughs> man. It was pretty fucking bad. And I guess he thought it was supposed to be funny. I don't know, but people were like, ew. So he did get fired for a while, but then they brought him back. Um, he since like apologized and was like, you know, they were well within their right to get rid of me because I was, you know, off the wall. Exactly. So um, that's good. He has some accountability. Yeah. Because, you know, um, some of them don't. Exactly. Um, a lot of the Guardians of the Galaxy, like the actors, they defended him and they were really upset when he got fired. And I guess like, you know. He's Let me white watch what I say on this podcast before I get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> right, because they gonna cancel us forever. But he came back. Yeah, I guess he made them too much money, and they was just like, we just gonna stay with him. Yeah. Um. He since then he has directed the uh, the Suicide Squad reboot, and that was like super successful. So. He ain't going nowhere. Hopefully, he's learned his lesson to shut the fuck up on Twitter about weird shit. That's the thing, like, with social media, like, you you support these people, you don't really know how they think, and then, then, you know, social media comes out, and then it's like, oh, you're a shitty person. You think the worst things. (laughs) (laughs) There are bad things, but you are worse than that. Yes. Okay, but for the the third movie, he said that the script is done, the soundtrack is done, and they're supposed to start filming in November of this year. So hopefully that happens. But you know, Miss Rona and her variants, Delta Sigma Theta, <laughs> Ski We, all them, they out here. I don't know. <laughs> hopefully it works Bro. out. <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> they stump in the yard no, and for, people's lungs for real. No, dead ass. Uh-huh. Sad. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. The Guardians are supposed to have a cameo in Thor Love and Thunder, uh, which is supposed to come out next year, but they haven't really said if Chris Hemsworth Thor is going to be in the third Guardians movie. We mm-hmm. don't know yet. Uh, allegedly, the third movie will be the end of the current team. Dave Bautista, who plays Drax, has expressed that he's probably going to be done with Drax after the he third said, movie. said, y'all can recast, but I am old. Yeah. I am too old for this shit. And you know, he he's in Dune, and he's yes. he doing shit. Yes. So he's probably like, okay, it was cute, it was exciting, mm-hmm. but I'm moving on. I actually really can't wait for Dune to come out. Yeah, it looks really good. Zendaya plays uh, me. <laughs> Her character has my name. Oh, okay. Is it pronounced the same? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's spelled the same. That's good enough. <laughs> right. Uh, so he said that uh, James Gunn said he wants to explore Rocket's background and complete his arc. So my guess is that Rocket's probably going to die. I feel like a whole lot of people are probably going to die in that third movie. Oh. We'll see. Um, I did find a little bit of pre-production news. Not a whole lot. I mean, the movie pretty much... It was thought about. It came out. It mm. was a smooth sailing yeah. process. Yeah. Uh, Adam Warlock was supposed to be featured in this movie, but James Gunn took him out because he felt like it was going to be like too much going on, which is a great thing because I wish whoever did Spider-Man 3 would have thought that same thought because it was way too much shit going on in that movie, and that's why it was bad. 
Um, mm-hmm. Instead, he decided to, like, focus on, like, the team and their background and, like, Quill's father and Yondu. And that's how we got the movie that we have. Um, we got a bunch of new characters. Uh, Ego, the living planet, is played by Kurt Russell, but originally they wanted Matthew McConaughey to do it. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I actually say that all the time. Anytime somebody says Matthew McConaughey, I say that. I think about that, and I think about just driving around in a Lincoln. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's this meme that's like uh, when, like, what what is it? When the when the light turns yellow and you and like the car behind you both go through the light and then it's just like a picture of Matthew McConaughey and I think of that every single time I'm driving. Oh my god! <laughs> Look, Lincoln did right with that uh, ambassador pick because I think about Matthew McConaughey when I think about Lincoln. Yeah, good job, y'all. And I kind of won a Lincoln because Matt- even though it's kind of an old car, it's but it just seems car. like it's so like such a vibe. Yes, it's just relaxing. Mm-hmm. It looks like he has his life together in the commercial. Even though he probably doesn't He probably shower. don't. He doesn't shower or uh, use he, deodorant. He looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> He's giving very much weathered. Yes. I love, me some, I love me some Matthew McConaughey, but he definitely be looking like he live on like Venice Beach. <laughs> like not on a house on Venice Beach. Like he looks like he lives, lives on, on the, the beach. beach. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. We sorry, Matthew McConaughey. I actually really love you though. <laughs> okay, so he uh chose not to do this movie because he wanted to do The Dark Tower with uh Idris Elba. And mm-hmm. that's a Stephen King adaptation and it wasn't good. Aww. So he fumbled the bag. Hopefully like, they real. find another place for him. Maybe. I think they could. Oh yeah, they got every they gonna put everybody in these movies eventually. Like mm-hmm. everybody be talking shit about being in superhero movies, but, but at this point, if you're not in a superhero movie, what is you doing? Exactly, where the <laughs> fuck you at? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I feel like people be capping though because if Disney calls you, you're gonna take the call and you're gonna consider whatever the fuck they put in front of you. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was thinking about this when I was watching the Eternals trailer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang, like, Richard Madden and Kit Harrington really got the HBO and the Marvel bag. Like, Man. You set. You yeah. are really set as long as you shut the fuck up. Yes. <laughs> and do your job. Stay off Twitter. Exactly. You are literally going to have a successful career because both of those people, they love to, like, kind of reuse the same car- the um, same actors and everything. Yeah. Um, David Bowie was supposed to be in this movie, mm-hmm. a- according to James Gunn. After he died in 2016, he was like, yeah, he was supposed to be in the original Ravager crew that Yondu was in and got kicked out of. Okay. And that would have been interesting. Uh, speaking of that crew. Oh, my God. That just scared me. I'm sorry. <laughs> speaking of that crew, we got uh, Sylvester Stallone as Sakar Ogord. We got Michelle Yeoh as Aletta Award. Miley Cyrus is uncredited, but she was the little talking head thing. Okay. I was wondering who played that. Yeah. Uh, that character is supposed to be mainframe. And then we got Ving Grames, who plays Charlie 27. And then Chris Sullivan, the guy from This Is Us, is Taserface. And then we have Elizabeth DeBecky as Aisha, the queen of the sovereign. Which I didn't, I like, I knew her face and I had to look it up, but she was in The Man from Uncle, The Night Manager, and The Great Gatsby. So she'd been in some stuff. Ooh. But yeah, that's all I found um, 
about this movie what you got i did a little research on ego and mantis and woo chow the ghetto mm, for mantis yeah mm. <laughs> so in the comic books ego um told thor that his existence was the result of a scientist merging with a planet when a planet sun went um went nova so that's why the plant it wasn't a celestial oh. being humanoid thing hmm. so uh you know like as we're going to discuss in guardians 2 ego was an ancient celestial whose powers of matter manipulation allowed him to form a planet around him mm-hmm. but in the comics ego was just a planet and he made, remained in that form and he hmm. basically just served as like a giant spacefaring threat to marvel heroes oh. he wasn't a humanoid Um, The way that Ego is portrayed at the end of the movie is basically the closest way that he is in the actual comics uh, when he went freaking crazy. He also isn't Quill's father in the comics either. Mm. So they kind of, with him and Mantis, they kind of took a lot of like creative liberties. (laughs) Okay. Um, I got a lot of information on Mantis because her... story in the comics she seems like a super cool freaking character mm-hmm. uh, and just completely different in the movie so in the comics mantis was uh german and vietnamese and she was raised by a Cree cult and everybody thought that she was basically going to be like this celestial messiah and everything and they erased her memory and sent her out to like live in the world and she was like a freaking like sex worker and stuff wow yeah it was freaking crazy but she was like trained in martial arts and like homegirl kicked ass Mm. it says that um she demonstrated um her martial arts skills were capable of defeating um opponents like captain america Oh. And she had instinctive, uh, she could sense weak points in her, oppo- in her opponents and could knock out beings like Thor. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so they pretty much <laughs> took she this like. a wallop. Yeah, she, they took this like kick-ass woman and kind of made her like into a child. That's disappointing. Yeah, and they also said that she was highly intelligent with her deductive skills rivaling that of Vision. And Vision even said that she had a remarkable mind. And the creator, what's his name? Steve Englehart. This is a quote from him. He's like, well, I was not happy with Mantis' portrayal. That character has nothing to do with Mantis. I will say that I like the film quite a bit overall. They're doing good stuff, and I enjoyed my night at the movies as long as I turned my brain off to the fact that that's not Mantis up there. I really don't know why you would take a character who is as distinctive as Mantis is and do do a completely different character and still call her Mantis. That I do not know. And then um, he also said, that character has nothing to do with Mantis. Oh, no, I just read that part. Where was the other thing at? <sighs> he did say that he liked the portrayal, the act, the way that the actress portrayed Mantis. And he's like, if you want to separate the characters, basically, like that, the actor did a good job and it was entertaining, but that's not Mantis. I feel him. I would have been disappointed, too, mm-hmm. if I created a dope character and y'all just made her into, like, a weird looking slave like basically damn okay did she and have she powers did, in the comics yeah she did have like telepathic and um empathic <laughs> pathetic. Pa- pathetic powers <laughs> <laughs> she did have those powers as well but so they literally took like 
2% of her characterization and made the See, film character. I, I I feel like I agree with the creator guy. Like, why do that? You could have just made her the same person and just made up a different name mm-hmm. if that was what it was supposed to be. And that that's why people be pissed off. Like, uh, for Black Widow, when people were pissed off about the Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all took this character from the comics and just butchered it and just put it in a movie when it could have been anybody else. Exactly. Didn't have to be that person. Right. That was stupid. Okay. Same exact thing. Wow. All right. Well, I guess it's time to talk about the movie. Let's get into it. So let's let's head over to Wikipedia and see how they broke this the the synopsis down. So in 2014, Peter Quill, Gamora, Drax, Rocket, and Baby Groot are renowned as the Guardians of the Galaxy. Aisha, leader of the Sovereign Race, has the Guardians protect a valuable valuable batteries from an obelisk, an interdimensional monster, in exchange for Gamora's estranged sister Nebula. Who was actually attempting to steal the batteries, which is very on brand for her. Right. I just love that, um, like Groot in this first scene is just so living cute. so cute, living his best life, and he's just dancing while everybody's getting their ass kicked. And this cute because they actually treat him as a baby. Like Gamora would like stop fighting to make sure he didn't get hurt, mm-hmm. and then he's like eating random stuff, and Rocket is like spit it out. Like what do you have in your <laughs> mouth? And I uh, read that Kevin Feige stated that the relationship between Rocket and Groot has changed. So in the first movie, Groot was. Was Rocket's protector, mm-hmm. and now Rocket is Groot's protector, and I thought that that was cute. Yeah, that was really sweet. Do I'm happy that they uh, happy that they brought him back mm-hmm. after the first movie. Yes, that was good. Yes, I definitely wrote down like this first scene is just everything that we love about the Guardians. Yeah, like the quips, the conversations are just stupid and funny. Mm-hmm. A lot of like weird space stuff. The music is good. Yes. Like, the soundtrack for this movie and Black Panther are the only ones that I've ever just like listened to in my free time. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. I like it. Um, and I think it's interesting that we sh- like how they shoot this battle scene because mm-hmm. they're like doing very serious stuff in the background, and then Baby Groot is just, just like dancing, uh-huh. fighting little lizards. Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's, Everything's okay. okay. This is fine. <laughs> So, okay, so after the battle, they get the sister. Then Rocket steals the batteries for himself. Oh, and then I was mentioning, like, the conversation that Quill has with Aisha reminds me of Captain Kirk. Like, he's always just trying to fuck any alien chick he can find. (laughs) He don't care. Even his girlfriend is right right there. And I don't even know if they were, like, technically together. But they, she was mad. He ain't shit. He was definitely mad. And she was like... Uh, he's like, I can give you a history lesson. Like, mm-hmm. what? Bro, don't get throat now, punched. If, right. If Gamora would have punched you in your shit, she would have been wrong, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> play with somebody else. <laughs> so, play your video game. Don't play me. <laughs> so after Rocket steals the batteries for himself, the Sovereign attacked the Guardian ship with a fleet of drones. Um, a mysterious figure appears... Uh, the appears and destroys the drones and the guardians crash land on a nearby planet uh the figure reveals himself as quill's father ego and invites quill gamora and drax to his home planet um i thought that the like that quantum asteroid field thing like mm-hmm. when they were like going through that 
I, that reminded me a lot of Star Wars, uh-huh. um, specifically the uh, the Han Solo movie because like I don't know if you've seen all those movies, but I there's haven't like, seen any of them since you said Star Wars. Yeah, since Revenge of the Sith, I was forced to watch them against my will by my husband. I'm blinking twice. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like them. They're they're decent movies. Um, the Solo movie nobody really liked. I thought it was okay. But there's this one part when they do a, a Kessel run. It's very, very similar to that scene. That's what it reminded me of. Hmm. But um, I like that the Sovereign don't risk the lives of their own people. Yeah. I wish America was more like this. No, seriously. Or, you know, do it like the olden days. If you want to start a war, you got to be on the battlefield with your people. Yeah. Back in the day when kings used to fight the wars, too. Right. We could actually, we could just send, like, the people from Texas and Florida. We could do that. Or instead of just, like, endangering, like, thousands of people, how about you just send a champion, one-on-one, whoever. Game of Thrones style. Exactly. I think that that is literally, like, the smartest way to do battle. Yeah. Why everybody got to die? How come come just one person? Yeah. (laughs) Literally, nobody has to die. Nobody has to die. If we just honored uh, freaking... (laughs) Rock, paper, scissors. Play a game of so, chess. Right, it's a binding contract. <laughs> right. I don't know, but I, I know that's from, like, the whole, like, they're genetically perfect and, like, chosen and selected. But the only thing that I didn't like that was I feel like it's still kind of racist because everybody was, like, European filled features, mm-hmm. straight hair. Mm-hmm. They, they look like white people painted gold. You know, exactly. And they all look exactly alike so i was yeah. just like how how would you tell the difference yeah this is perfection to y'all okay all right if, i guess mm. yes and then after um that scene we went to contraxia contraxia mm-hmm. yes that is how you say that weird ass name so they like that was a little bit on the nose for me because we end up seeing, like, Contraxia is just, like, this freaky-ass planet with all, like, these sex workers. Those, like, sex robots. Contraxia, like, contract. contract. Hey, that's exactly what I... That was like, wait, mm-hmm. hold on. Did I say that right? <laughs> because that is way too apropos. Just think of the, like, space <laughs> STD. Oh, my God. Ew. Ew. Oh. Ew. Ew. David. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the scene that we meet um, Sylvester Stallone's character, Stakar, and he's a part of a faction of the Ravagers. Ravagers. Mm-hmm. And you kind of can tell that Yandu's crew is basically like the outcast. And yeah. that's because he was selling children. Yeah. Which goes against their code. So I wrote down there is honor among thieves. N- there is. Wow. <laughs> look look at that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and Sakar tells Yandu that he will never hear the horns of freedom when he dies and the colors of Ogor will never flash over his grave. Lots of foreshadowing. And that shit hurt. No, him. that shit was like. He, that cut him deep. That's like telling a Dothraki that they won't ride in the Nightlands after they die. It's like, bruh. That's devastating. <laughs> I don't even have a, a similar comparison. You like- sad. <laughs> I know some of those words. <laughs> Mine's a little nerdy ass. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, okay. So, after that whole thing, they decide to go after the Guardians again. 
And then they find out where Quill and them is at. They capture Rocket, but then Yondu hesitates to turn over Quill, who he raised, and his assistant Craglin questions his objectivity and his lieutenant, lieutenant, taser face, leads a mutiny with the help of a nebula. And so I had a thought about this because, well, first of all, I feel like that scene when they like, try to get Rocket was so cool mm-hmm. because like we know that Rocket is like super smart and capable. He's basically a raccoon MacGyver. Yeah. The way that he was just able to like handle that shit like it was a lot of them and he was just by himself. Yeah. And he was having a great time. I was just really impressed with that. And then I mean I felt like this is how he's been able to survive in like this ruthless ass like space world by as, himself as a little ass raccoon yeah like, that could easily get tossed right like, even before not, group yeah like he is not uh, very threatening physically but he is you know he has a lot of um ingenuity yeah and then like how they were like talking about yondo yondu being biased and i yes obviously he is biased but in the beginning of the movie they were like oh like the guardians of the galaxy are so famous so he kind of had a point because mm-hmm. he was like, if we kill the Guardians of the Galaxy, the whole Nova Corps is going to be on us. Yeah. And that's going to make shit very hard for them to move around. You really have to play the long game. You got to yeah. like, think it through. Right. <laughs> like, is this even like a battle that you need to have? Yeah. But um, they weren't trying to listen to none of that shit that he was saying. But I don't know. Um, Let me see if my next note is in line with what we okay let's talk about uh ego so ego is a godlike celestial that manipulated the matter around uh its conscious form which is a brain um to form his home planet um as he explains as they're traveling or whatever um the part in the ship that i wanted to talk about is like how we how they have this, this little conversation and there are a lot of parts in this movie where the characters are just like sitting down and talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And like usually people's criticism is like, oh, this slows down the pace of the movie. Like this doesn't do anything. Like it doesn't add anything. But I feel like the exact opposite in this movie. But the thing is, it's just like in order to have a good movie, you have to have the dialogue. It can't just be nonstop action. Right. And But a lot of movies don't pull that off well. But I think this movie did a great job mm-hmm. at doing it. Like it, it's funny. And you do, like, learn little things about the characters that are useful later. Exactly. It's not pointless. If it was pointless, I think they would have edited out the movie. Yeah. (laughs) I really like that scene when they're, like, all on there and she's, like, showing them her power. Mm -hmm. And then she tries to do it on Gamora and she's just, like... Girl, if play you with touch somebody else. Me, she's like, the only thing you're gonna be feeling is a broken jaw. Like, damn, girl. Yeah. Rude. <laughs> do something safe mm-hmm. and not play with me. <laughs> okay, so what's next? I don't know. I went out of order. I kind of did too. <laughs> My notes are all over. <laughs> so basically we find we find out from ego like the whole backstory. So mm-hmm. basically he talks about falling in love with Quill's mom, Meredith. He hired Yondu to collect uh, Quill after she died, but he was never delivered. And Ego has been searching for him ever since. So he told Quill that he doesn't know why Yondu never brought you. Right. And paints Yondu to be like this terrible person. And Quill pretty much goes for it. He believes it because 
in his mind, the way that Yandu raised him mm-hmm. was basically like, oh, he only wanted me around because I could like fit into small spaces. It because it was beneficial, not because he actually even. exactly. He thought that it was just you know monetary the yeah. reason why he had him, and you know we know that that's just not true. Yeah, I thought it was really funny how Drax asked. <laughs> Ego, if he had a penis, I le- I legit was drinking something. And I almost choked. <laughs> like I I don't know. I forgot that that scene even existed. And the he way he like, reacted too was like <laughs> it's pretty good. He was like, oh. <laughs> he said, if, if he's a planet, how did he make a baby with your mom? I'm like, that is an excellent point. Inquiring minds would like to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, you Earthers have hangups. And I was like, it's really just Americans. Yeah. It is really just Americans. Americans have hangups about every fucking thing. It's so annoying. It's very much annoying. Like, ugh. see public breastfeeding and report back. Yeah, literally. That, that's one of them. Um, I thought that the planet was really cool. It kind of felt like a fever dream to me. Like, when you go there, you're like, am I high? Like, this, it looks too perfect. Yeah, and it's just like, I wonder if it's like, him pulling different designs from all the worlds that he visited and just like putting them together that's really cool to think about because some of it it kind of reminded me like this looks a little asgardian but not really Mm -hmm. it looks kind of like earth but not really yes i thought that was dope i'm pretty sure that's exactly what he did yeah it felt like the the whole thing it feels safe and inviting but also it seems very weird and scary it did especially because it's like a lot of beautiful trees and fish and it looks all like mystical but then it's like a desert too so it also seems kind of threatening with like weeds and there's no one there yeah there's no one there why is there a big ass building with rooms yeah what are we doing here like that's just for you and mantis yeah that's really strange that would that was my first question who room is this right why do you have rooms do you sleep in the bed like what what what's happening right now do you sleep at all (laughs) do you need to sleep oh yeah i guess he does sleep because mantis makes him sleep but like anyway yeah (laughs) Um, he when he went through like that whole story of explaining, like going to Earth and finding his mom and stuff. I was just like, ego is a hoe, and that's where Peter mm-hmm. get it from. Mm-hmm. Like he get it from his daddy. He was literally going throughout the entire galaxy dropping dick off, and that's like wild. Thousands. Yeah. <laughs> For so long. That is disgusting so speaking nasty. of space std right because he was making kids so he wasn't using space condoms right this is weird but celestial junk Ew. just everywhere that's disgusting galaxy dig yeah not community dig <gasps> galaxy <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> Um, I thought Chris Pratt's like his acting was really good in this movie especially the scenes when he's like figuring out like Ego's whole thing his reactions were just so realistic Mm -hmm. like the from the questions that he asked like the curiosity the anger all of it was just so realistic to me and Mm -hmm. just heartbreaking very raw yes and then like especially like with uh, Yondu at the end like Chris Pratt really did his thing. He this did, movie. and I was just like, "Damn, everybody got daddy issues in the MCU." No, girl, I'm telling you, you either got <laughs> daddy issues or you were orphan. Yes, yo, <laughs> you either had a great mom and a shitty dad, mm-hmm. or both of your parents are dead. No, like that's literally the only two <laughs> options. <laughs> Do we have any heroes with both of their parents? 
No. <laughs> no. I mean, we don't know too much about Steve Rogers' parents, but they did. Tony Stark had daddy issues, and both his parents are dead. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange will know nothing about his people. Yep. I don't think he gave a fuck about them no way. Yeah, it didn't, didn't probably probably didn't seem like it. Uh, Hawkeye in the comics, he wasn't an orphan. Mm. Obviously, uh, Black Witch. I mean, Black <laughs> Witch, Black Widow. Why do I can't combine their names all the time? I don't know. <laughs> she was obviously an orphan. An orphan with. Uh, adoptive parent issues, I guess. Yep. Bruce, in the comics, his daddy beat him. Oh, yeah. And they're probably both dead, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor, daddy issues, What dead an amazing mama. mama. Yep. And then that both of them dead. Loki, just all around, got issues. <laughs> he just got issues. Got issues with both of his daddies. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. They Gave some. one a heart attack, killed the other one. Tony should have been paying for some fucking therapy <laughs> for these people. That should have been in the Avengers yeah. medical plan. <laughs> they should have had an on-call therapist <laughs> at the Avengers campus. <laughs> oh my god! My job gives like uh, counseling, like it's like six sessions per life change or life event or whatever. Oh. I probably should utilize it. But <laughs> they need that type of uh, Yeah. Maybe like ten just because they have like a different a change in life event like every week. And then I feel like they go through a lie. Like even police officers, like if they I think feel like if they shoot somebody or like go through something, they have to talk to a psychiatrist. So the Avengers definitely I mean, look at the fuck the shit that they've been through. They crazy. They all crazy. They need therapy. Oh my god. Um so <laughs> while all of this is happening, uh we see like uh Rocket and Yondu are like on their the Ravager ship in cages or whatever. They've killed anybody that had allegiance to Yondu, which was sad because that was a lot of fucking people. It was a lot of people and Craglin is just like I was not trying to start all of yeah. this. He was just like, you know, he was just trying to like Hold Yondu accountable, basically, like a good friend. Mm-hmm. And then ended up starting a mutiny, mutiny on accident and getting all his friends killed. Yeah. All, all his friends are dead. He said that. And I was like, damn. Push him to the edge. <laughs> all his friends are dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I feel, I feel like Rocket would have actually fit in really well with the, the Ravagers because they don't give a fuck about nothing and neither does he. Um, but I really liked how him and Yandu have this relationship in this movie. I do too. I wasn't expecting that. But I was I was just thinking like you said that and I'm like, but I think that he needed a little bit more of a like nurturing type of mm-hmm. found family instead of like these hard ass bitches, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he needed people that was just like, bro, like why are you acting like that? Like we fucking love you. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of people call him a raccoon. <laughs> they called him so many things. I made a list. Yes, let me hear it. They call him, okay, raccoon, trash panda, <laughs> triangle face monkey, puppy, I love that one. <laughs> fox, talking woodland beast, crabby puppy, and a rat. I love it. They I call him it. everything but a child of God in this movie. Hey, I freaking love it. <laughs> Okay, so I also really want to talk about the the uh, the scene with Yondu and the uh, the fin, the Mohawk fin, mm-hmm. and the uh, the the ship. 
Yondu is so fucking cold. Yes. And we saw a, like a tiny, teeny, tiny bit of this in the first movie. But he put in work in this movie. Oh, yeah. And like, it's easy to see like, okay, Yondu is that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, don't fuck with him. No, for real. So, and I also like the um, the Mohawk fan, which is comic book accurate. Mm-hmm. I love when they like lean into like the weird character designs and stuff. Uh-huh. Thought that was cute. I kind of want to talk about Nebula. Okay. Because I hate her. Really? I like I can't, her. I just do not like that character. I love Nebula in like a uh, she, weird way. She is. She kicks ass. Mm-hmm. She is a strong individual. But I just do not like her. Oh. I like she is just so dramatic. She been through a lot. She does. Like, yeah, she but needs like more okay. than therapy. She no, might she... need to die and start over. Hit the reset button. Yeah. <laughs> but like freaking uh Craglin asked her, Oh, like, what are you gonna do with like the money mm-hmm. that you get? And she's just like, My dad used to torture me and I'm just gonna pull him apart piece by piece. And I'm like and he was like Waka Flocka. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like, girl, don't nobody, you do not need to trauma dump on every single person that asks you how your day was. That's true. Cause she, she's one of them people that be like, I'm over my ex, but every time you get a chance to talk about your ex, you talk about him. Yes. So I feel bad. But I also, I like that scene because Craglin was expecting her to be like, oh, I'm going to buy a pretty dress. <laughs> I want to buy a wig. Uh. But, right. But it was just like, I think he was just expecting a simple answer. And she went into this whole soliloquy. He was definitely just trying to make conversation. <laughs> he was. It's like when you ask somebody how their day was. And then they actually be like, well, my dog died. <laughs> and it's raining. And then I got a flat tire. And I'm like, I did not ask for all of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely, I feel you. <laughs> she just, like, does the most to me. And then she just, like, always has, like, this intensity in everything she says, even though, like, it doesn't need to be intense. And I'm like, she, cringe. She, like, drives me insane. It, it's real dark and twisty with her. Very. All the time. Um, I like her in Gamora's relationship mm-hmm. and, like, how complicated it is. But I do not like Nebula singularly. She's singularly. a drag. She's a bit of a drag. She is. Didn't um, Tony Stark call her a blue meanie? Yes, she, is. she is. She's a blue meanie. That is so accurate. Um, oh, the other thing I had wrote about, like, the, the arrow scene is that it, it reminds me of, like, the X-Men Quicksilver scenes. Mm-hmm. And I could, I will never get tired of watching these. And I'm like, I'm sad of what happens with him. So we're not probably, we're probably not going to see this anymore unless, you know, Craglin gets this good. But like the overhead shots, the the part when it was like you, there were no lights, but you could just see like the red arrows mm-hmm. zipping through. That was cool. James Gunn, good job. That was beautiful. Yes. Um. Also, okay. So back on the planet, I wanted to mention this part with Quill. So... Gamora is expressing that something is not right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just like a woman intuition because we be knowing shit. Yes. Or if it's just Quill is just so wrapped up in like this whole story that he's not paying attention. 100%. But she's trying to tell him like something is weird. Something's not going like something's not right. Mantis was like hiding shit from me. I don't know what's going on. And, like, the conversation that he has with her is so toxic. Mm -hmm. Like, I wrote down, he's such an asshole. He immediately jumps to, 
calling her jealous simply because she's expressing concern. Right. He's like, why are you trying to take this away from me? Like, he's a fucking man child. And then, too, he's just like, well, you were the one that made me do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, like, now I'm telling you shit's getting weird. Right. You gotta go. Like, you should trust me. And then what else was she supposed to say? Like, no, don't go talk to your daddy? Exactly. I understand why she avoids, like, intimacy with him. Because it's just, I feel like you can never really gauge what he's thinking because either it's him being selfish Mm -hmm. and like going off on these like little rants or he's flirting with other women like directly in front of your face it's hard to like why would i put my trust in that yeah it's just i don't know he's very self-centered and selfish and this is why t'challa would have been a better star lord (laughs) in summation burn (laughs) burn so okay so um they find out I'm trying to like skim through this whatever so Eagle reveals to Quill that he's been traveling the galaxy planting these seeds in thousands of worlds so that he can terraform into a new uh, new extensions of himself and but only two celestials or he can't do it by himself and that's why he needs another one mm-hmm. so to that end he impregnated countless women hired Yondu to collect the children but he killed them all when they failed to show that they had the celestial power that he was looking for. Right. So, um, at first, under Ego's influence, you know, Quill fights back. Uh, but then he finds out that Ego was the one who put the tumor in his mom's head. And he instantly was like, oh, not my mama. Not yeah. my mama. People don't play about their mama. No period to this day I definitely don't play about mine I don't care what she tries to say tells me to be quiet no people will get these verbal hands behind my mama they'll get these physical hands too period. don't talk about her period cause she a saint she she's like she's perfect okay right Joanne she ain't never did nothing wrong <laughs> and you cannot tell me any different exactly <laughs> okay so uh, Mantis has gotten close to Drax. They form like a little relationship. And then she tries to tell him about Ego's plan. Uh, Gamora and Nebula also learn of the plan. As do Rocket. Like everybody is... Is learning things kind of at the same time. Yeah. So Yandu, Groot, and Kraglin. They escaped the ship. And now they have arrived on the planet. Um, They've all reunited. And they are like in the planet's core trying to kill uh, Ego. Um, the movie I feel like this movie really like cemented like their whole family unit mm-hmm. and I thought that was super important because in the first one like at the end yeah they were like oh we're together but we don't really but, like know what that was gonna be like yeah and it's also like they had just met yeah obviously like at this point like some time has passed they obviously like they've been through they shared that experience in the first one and then they've just gotten opportunities to get closer and closer, but it's still not a perfect familial relationship. Yeah. I kind of want to go back a little bit and talk about uh, Rocket and his conversation with Yondu. Mm-hmm. And basically how, like, Yondu was just like, you know, we're the same person. Like, he didn't have anybody in his life that cared about him. Rocket didn't either. And he's just like... We don't, like, you're not trying to save Quill so you can, like, rub his face in it or whatever. Like, you act, you love him, and you don't want to acknowledge the fact that you uh, 
that, that that's your family. Mm-hmm. And he told him, he's like, you push people away because just a little bit of love reminds you how big and empty that hole inside you actually is. And he's like, they're the same person. I'm like, damn, like the writing in this movie was like yeah, top tier. And I, that just kind of made me a little sad. I was wondering, like, where did this self-awareness come from in Yondu? Because I don't know if I really got that from him in the first movie, but maybe mm-hmm. it's just him. Maybe it came from, like, the contraxia situation. Yeah. And he saw, like, the life he could be having and just, like, coming to terms with the fact that his own actions are what led him to being ostracized and his own actions led him to the mutiny that happened Mm -hmm. and now his actions have led to quill who he sees as a son even though he's never verbalized that is about to die right that i think it's i think it's mostly he's having that type of uh he's coming to that conclusion because his quote-unquote son is in danger Mm mm-hmm and at first, it was like he wasn't really in any danger. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's off doing his own thing, you know. He done left the house, but now, you know, it doesn't matter how grown your kids get. They always going to be your kids. That's true. So, I think now he's just like, you know, it, it's a part of his arc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't expecting, like, so much from Yandu's character, but I'm happy that we got it. Mm-hmm. And I, like... I was really upset. So, okay, let's just fast forward. The rest of this movie, there's a big battle. Um, They kill Ego. The planet explodes. And then the only way for Quill to get back, like, off the planet is for Yondu to give him the only, like, space suit thing he has. Right. And that results in Yondu dying. Which, that sucks. Like, in the theater... I fucking cried. Yeah, no, I cried last last night when I, well, yesterday when I watched it. It was so sad, and I don't know why, but Yandu, he reminds me of my dad, and I think I, I just have a affinity for crotchety old men, Aww. or just bad fathers. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but I don't know. Like I just love that. I love that he was able to have like this really completed arc, this redemption tour. To be completed by the end, and then, I don't know, like, he helped Rocket go through, like, this adjustment period from Mm -hmm. being just, like, basically a fucking space Neanderthal, like, just survival of the fittest Mm -hmm. all the time to being in this place where, like, you have people who give a shit about you, and it's okay to embrace that. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, and I... I hate the fact that when characters have, like, this completed arc and they're, like, a completely rehabilitated person, that they have to die. And that's why I feel like Rocket is going to die in the next one. I was wondering if that's why you felt that way. Yeah. Well, I was just like, damn. He like, could just retire. Y'all, I feel like Yondu didn't have to die. I was like, why did you have to kill him? Because he... John three sixteen, Brittany. He loved his son. Well, no, that's kind of, that's different. But <laughs> but like he loved like he loved Quill so much, and you know, that was like the ultimate sacrifice. Like he sacrificed himself to show that you are my son. I would do anything for you, including die for you. And I guess and even like he said he was like he may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. Yeah, and. He he's like he knew that he was about to die. He's just like I was lucky to have you as my boy and all that stuff. And I feel like it would the only way for the, his story to wrap up is for him to sacrifice himself so that Quill could live. And I guess that's probably the the only thing that you can do. Like 
lay your life down for somebody after you like abducted them as a child and <laughs> stole their entire life from them. Literally. It, it checks out. I'm just sad. And I just wish that he didn't have to die. I really enjoy Yondu. Yeah. I really enjoy Michael Rooker. Rocker. Rooker. Yeah. So. No, that scene definitely made me cry. Um, And I just wrote, like, especially since Quill, he always had this missing piece of his life. Like, mm-hmm. who was his father? And, you know, they was dropping hints in it in the first one. And mm-hmm. then, like, in the beginning of this movie, too. And he didn't realize this whole time he's been looking, like, for a father figure he didn't realize that that's what Yondu was doing yeah. for him his whole life. And then it's like 20 minutes before he dies, he's like, oh, this I was my... I the whole I, time. Yeah, exactly. And he yeah. he says, sometimes the thing you've been searching for your whole life was by your side the whole time. Yeah. And that's when Gamora and um, Nebula reconcile. Yeah. Because it's just like, you wanted a sister, I'm right here. I think their relationship is one of the best portrayed relationships in the MCU. Nebula and Gamora and Loki and Thor, mm-hmm. they're all, like, top it's, five. It's very complex. Mm-hmm. And they both are not blood-related. Yeah. But they still, you know, they were raised together. They just had really shitty dads. Yeah. And I feel like sibling relationships are often, like, way more compu- complicated than, like, romantic ones. Mm-hmm. And I like that the MCU, like, shows that. Because siblings be going through shit, and it, it's it's an interesting dynamic, especially, like, being an older sister myself and, like, the dynamic that I have with my younger brothers. Like, sometimes we're peers. Sometimes I'm, like, the mom figure. It's, it's well, a lot. imagine having a sister that is actually old enough to be your mom. Right. It is it's, complicated. It's interesting. It is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then they do, they give Yondu this funeral. I, and oh, Sorry. I, I was just, just gonna say the uh, the Ravager crews show up and do like the little fireworks and stuff, and I thought this was like a amazing funeral. Mm-hmm. It I don't know I don't think it's better than Frigga's, but I think it's definitely number two. Yeah, I liked it. I was just gonna say what's his name James Gunn. Mm-hmm. He said that he was actually reluctant to kill Yondu in this film, but ultimately he felt that this uh, this is a story about a father's love for his son, his ultimate love, so much love that he sacrifices himself for that, and that's what Yondu is. He is 100% Peter Quill's father, despite Ego being Quill's biological father. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, no. okay. <laughs> this movie really made me freaking cry yeah it was very emotional and i'm i'm not that i'm not sad about that so yeah and even like i think rocket you know just from the beginning like he was just being like like a jerk to everybody for no reason yeah and like he realizes you know that all of the ravagers showed up to um for yondu and um like in his death people showed up for him and didn't chase them away and he's he was able to like redeem himself so it's mm-hmm. like rocket at this point feels like he can redeem himself too yeah um ving rames is randomly in this movie hmm? ving rames is randomly in this movie he's one of the uh the ravager crew leaders and we see him a little bit more in the mid credit scene. So Sakar, played by Sylvester Stallone, tells his fellow uh, Ravenger buddies that Yondu's death taught him that life is too short to hold onto grudge, grudges and baggage, and that they should put their differences aside and reunite like old times. Um, 
this is like I guess this is the original Guardians of the Galaxy team these mm-hmm. people that they show at the end which I did not know um, cause in the um in the comic books, Yondu was one of the original uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing... I don't know if they're going to do anything with this, but I already spoke about like who was in it. Um, Michelle Yeoh, who is actually in Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. was one of those people. So I'm wondering if this is even going to be like a part of the third one or if they're going to recast her. Because I didn't even know that that was her right. until I started looking at the cast. She looks so different. But... That was cool. And I was, that's why I was just like, Ving Rhymes? Like, I totally forgot he was in this movie. <laughs> um, and then the post credit scene, we have Aisha back at the Sovereign. She's all, like, distressed because she then, like, destroyed the whole fleet, like, twice. Still didn't get the fucking batteries back. Right. And she has uh, created a new birthing pod to give birth to Adam, who is supposed to be Adam Warlock who may or may not be in the third one. We don't know. I mean, I feel like that kind of has to come back. Yeah, it, it probably will. They never do anything for no reason. I yeah. don't I don't think we've seen a post credit scene that they haven't done anything with yet. Nope. Uh, we also see Baby Groot has grown into a teenager, which we will see that in... Um, Infinity War. Yeah. And is that Thor? Oh, no, that's Infinity War. You're right. Um, and then the last one was Stanley talking to the Watchers saying I've got so many stories to tell this wasn't his last MCU appearance but he did die the year after this movie came out so that was sad I was wondering I couldn't remember when he died has it really been that long already yeah he died in 2018 so I mean I guess it hasn't been super long but so he kind of played himself yeah because like when they were going through all the jumps and everything he was like, yeah, and then I played a, a FedEx mm-hmm. driver or something like that. Yeah. So he was playing himself. I thought that was cool how they did that. Yeah. Like, they strung it together so it wasn't just, like, a random thing. Yeah. Marvel was always thinking of shit. So, that's the end of that movie. It was very, very good. What do you What do you think? What do you rank it? How many I, Infinity Stones? I am giving this movie... Five out of six, glorious purpose. I think that's what we gave the first one. I think I gave the first one a six out of six. Um, okay. Um, I I do think I like the first one better. I'll probably watch that one more because this one makes me sad at the end. Exactly. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, the I think the first one was a little better. This one was funnier, mm-hmm. I think. And at the same time, sadder. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's really, really just that. Yeah, exactly. It was just that part at the end that makes me really sad. Yeah. Okay. Um. So let's talk about what if. Oh, girl. Doctor let's. Strange loses his heart instead of his hands. Literally, first two seconds of this movie, I was like, "Oh, I'm trying to find my notes." First two seconds of this movie, I was like, "Oh, is this gonna be like?" Um, what's the name of that movie? Time Machine. Mm. And literally, that's exactly what this episode was. Yeah. The, my first thought was, what if he had a heart? Because he didn't give no fuck about Christine like that in the first movie. He didn't. Not in the beginning. Towards the end, he kind of had like a little bit more appreciation for her. But like at the like before he got into his accident, it did not seem like they were more than just like flirty coworkers. Yeah. And I know he. 
he did invite her to go, but she was like, no. Because I think, then she said, like, she didn't want to be, like, ignored all night. Mm-hmm. So she chose not to go. But I guess in this, like, their relationship is more actualized. And they're right. both participating in the relationship. Because in that first, in the movie, it seems like she's way more into him than he's into her. But she's, like, dialing it back because she knows she's never going to get that from him. Right. So I was like, well, that. That's the first thing mm-hmm. I actually wrote down. Should be what if Stephen Strange gave a, a shit about her in the first place? And, no, but for real, because like in the movie, I mean, yeah, in the movies, he, I don't know, she was, he was, she was just there. Yeah, he he didn't care about nobody but himself. But so in this universe, Christine decides to take him up on his offer and go to that award dinner thingy. Um, the accident that they get into is not his fault. He was driving like a jackass, but he stopped and then someone like bumped him from behind and then... It was somebody else driving like a crazy jackass. Yeah. So they get into the accident. She dies. He's okay. His hands are okay. But her death is what uh, forces him to seek out the mystic arts and go to Comertage, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. And then once he does eventually uh, get the eye of Agamotto. It's like two years after her death and he's just like, well, what if I can bring her back? Mm-hmm. And at this point I was just like, well, I had already thought that it would be like Time Machine but then I was just like, because you know in the movie he, I think we might have talked about this movie before on the podcast, but like in the movie Guy Pierce is like a scientist and he has a girlfriend and they go out one night and she gets like hit by a carriage or something like that mm-hmm. and she dies he makes this time machine out of grief and he like every single time he tries to uh go and like bring her back mm-hmm. or like prevent her from dying she literally dies like in a different way every single time mm-hmm. and he's like i could come back a thousand times and see her die a thousand different ways mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what happened in this like they yeah. pretty much just took the exact plot of uh time machine and put it into this show because you know the sorcerer supreme is basically saying that christine's death is an absolute point like Mm -hmm. it is something that has to happen if she didn't get hit well she didn't die in the car accident then he wouldn't have gone to camertage and then defeated dormammu exactly so it was something that needed to happen and then like in the book not in the well i guess it's a book too but in the movie, someone says, You're built, you built your time machine because of her death. If she had lived, it would have never existed. So how could you use a time machine to go back in time and save her? You are the inescapable result of your tragedy. Wow. So that's basically Doctor Strange. <laughs> should the ancient one should have just said that. Exactly. I'm like, like y'all hey, already this movie. Right. Y'all already took the plot. You might as well just use the just plagiarize. Right. Oh my God. Um, I thought it was interesting how he decided to go back and find the library of Caglioso. Cagliostro. Whoever the fuck. <laughs> that one. And then he decided to like absorb all the souls or powers of like these beasts and monsters and demons and creatures and stuff for Freaking centuries. Crazy because by the time he um by the time he's like done doing all that, the original guy is like old and dying. Yeah. I was like, oh, this was weird. So, okay, 
the ancient one like split him into two so it was two doctor strangers mm-hmm. comes this big ass fight it created a paradox and the fabric of reality was just breaking sorry my mom is texting me guys <laughs> my ipad is on silent but it's still ringing for some reason okay anyway um i thought that evil doctor strange looked really cool he almost reminded me of like jafar yeah <laughs> he did i didn't think of that yeah it was like the colors and like definitely like the the, uh, the cape yeah were the same colors that jafar wears in that mm-hmm. movie yeah and then like his shadow would be like all of the creatures that he's absorbed the powers of mm-hmm. and everything i'm like yo this is fucking cool i said him by the end he looks like something from the pits of hell yeah he definitely looked like a demon yeah exactly <laughs> and it's just like he he tried so hard to bring Christine back mm-hmm. and he obviously ends up winning against like the good Doctor Strange but by the time he actually was able to bring her back she didn't recognize him he wasn't even the person that she loved in right. the first place cause she, he wasn't no damn sorcerer when she was alive I would have been confused too exactly and then too you bring her back and she died two seconds later again. Yeah. So you essentially destroyed the universe for no reason. Nah, yeah, exactly. Good job. Great, great job. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> this this was um, a heavy episode, too. Yeah. There was no happy ending. And he actually spoke to the Watcher in this episode. Mm-hmm. And they saw like, him. Yeah, they, like, broke the wall, the fourth wall, kind of. And Which the, was cool. The Watcher was basically like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you were warned. I could help you, but I'm not. Yeah, so. he's like, I'm not supposed to intervene. This <laughs> reminded me of when we were reading Civil War and the Watcher and Doctor Strange was like kicking it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, since we know that these episodes or whatever are supposed to be canon, maybe the Watcher's going to be in Multiverse of Madness. Hmm. That would be interesting. Because we've already hypothesized that Jeffrey Wright is going to show up live action. So maybe. I don't know. That would be interesting. But yeah. That, that was pretty much my notes on what if. Yeah, I, same. I don't know, like, maybe it's because I don't know, like, where, the, where this is going or what, but this series is not really hidden for me the same way. It is way. not captivating for me. Yeah. I enjoy the episodes, but I always forget to watch them. Yeah. Like, honestly, I almost forgot to watch this show. And then my thing, I watched it this morning, y'all. <laughs> but my thing is like, okay, what if this happens? But I want to know what's actually going to fucking happen. Right. Like, what what, what part is this plan? Is it just to get us used to the idea of a different timeline? Yeah. If that's the case, we don't need it. No, you could have just, we could have just binge watched these in a weekend and been like, okay. Yeah, they could have just released them all at once. Yeah, if it was just to educate us on like the rules of a multiverse, like we get it. Or for us to um, get used to like the idea of the Watcher and all that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, so that was that. If you have thoughts and you'd like us to read them aloud on the next episode, go ahead and email us or DM us. Yeah, let us know. How are y'all feeling about this What If show? Are y'all actually watching it? Yeah. <laughs> let, let me know if you care. Right. <laughs> or if, if we should care more than we should, let us know why. Yeah, do the research for us and let us know. <laughs> All right. If you made it to the end, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We are the South Side of Wakanda podcast, and this was our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 <laughs> rewatch. 
Next week, we'll be talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Head over to our social media and give us a like and a follow. Bye. Bye.